Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing, joined as always by Brendan Menefee, Senior Digital Editor. Brendan, I thought of you yesterday because we bought like seven boxes of Cheez-Its <laughs> and I stacked them meticulously in my cabinet, like MTV crib style. And I knew that as a fellow Cheez-It fanatic, you would appreciate that. I, so I really wanted to, I wanted to lead the show with that announcement. You know I do appreciate that. And as a former watcher of MTV Cribs, so. That's true. Double, double bonus there. Yeah. Um, anyway, we are not a Cheez-It appreciation podcast. We are yeah. a promotional products industry podcast. And today we have some great promotional products discussion on deck for everybody. Our guest is Jake Himmelstein, president of BAMCO. Uh, he took over earlier this year for Phil Cousset, who moved up to a larger role at Superior Group of Companies, which is BAMCO's parent company. Uh, but Jake joined the show to tell us about a pretty significant move that BAMCO is making in the uniform space, which I won't spoil here, but I will say, I think it says a lot about the direction the industry is heading, at least from a customer needs or expectation standpoint. Um, you'll see what we mean in a little bit. Uh, but Jake also shared how and why BAMCO is going after the recognition market, gave us his assessment of the supply chain, uh, what, what the company is watching there, and uh, a whole bunch more. That is coming up soon. But speaking of BAMCO, quick reminder, if you have not checked out our 2021 top distributors list yet, go to magazine.promomarketing.com. Look at the little sidebar on the right-hand side that says the top lists uh, and click that top link there to download a free PDF of this year's list. It's got the full top 75 ranking, the top 25 fastest growing list, profiles of some of the top distributors, stats, analysis, basically anything you could possibly dream of related to top distributors and, and some cool stats and data and analysis. Check that out. It is free to download. Um, let's see. What else do I got here? Oh, yeah. Before we go any further, Brendan, we have a breaking news announcement. Is it news breaking news. This is news yeah, this is, this is breaking. It's, it's happening mm -hmm. right now as we speak. Friend of the show. Elon Musk, back at it. <laughs> he announced the other day that Tesla's Giga Berlin factory in Germany would serve Giga beer. That's the German B-I-E-R spelling. Okay. Uh, in branded containers that are designed to look like Tesla's Cybertruck or something. I don't, oh I don't know. Um, any <clears throat> thoughts there? Uh, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm deciding what I want to say on the air. Um, I mean, look, at this point, Tesla is more of a marketing company than a car company, despite that is the, true. Despite the many Teslas that I see around Philadelphia, but there's really, you know, you can say what you want about the guy that's neither, that's not part of the conversation, but the guy does no branding. It's like, like, like Apple, you know, the, the branding is almost more important than the product. And I haven't actually, are Cybertrucks even a thing yet? Or could it possibly... I don't know if the Cybertruck is officially out. I know that there was a whole fiasco when it was unveiled where like the the, gla the indestructible glass window broke or something. But yeah. So, you know, it could just be more marketing vehicle than functional vehicle. But I mean, and also, didn't they make, was it bottles of tequila or vodka before that was Tesla yeah, that's branded? The, the Tesla Kila, which Tesla -Kila. we covered before. God, how could I forget that? <laughs> yeah. So this is not, you know, Elon Musk, despite his... Uh, you know, disruptive nature in so many industries. This isn't breaking any new new ground, really. No, this is this is par for the course for for our pal. 
I'd love um, to know what the German audience being so reverent about their beer thinks about it though. Well, I, I feel like serving beer at a factory, like where there's an assembly line and moving parts and heavy machinery, maybe not the best idea, nah. but I, <laughs> but we know, as we know from the, the boring company flamethrowers, Elon's not super concerned with trivial things like safety. Yeah. He doesn't um, really care about OSHA. The, the man cannot be stopped when it comes to marketing. Um, anyway, that was that was a big deal. So I needed to get that out here on the show. Again, breaking news. You get that here first on the Promo Marketing Podcast. Anything <laughs> Elon Musk related. Um, before we get into the, uh, the our interview with Jake, um, the Pabst Blue Ribbon story, the, the beer company paying people to fill their homes with PBR merchandise. You want to take us through this one because you had the story on this. Yeah, this was, this was pretty fun. PBR has been doing a lot of things. I've been you know, mentioning them on the, the weekly fave five list, things keep popping up on social media that I see they do. And well, yeah, they what, did that 1776 pack, right? It was like 1776 yeah. cans. Of beer. Yeah. They've been doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, so what they did for this is that they have a variety of houseware products, things like, you know, shower curtains, rugs, but then things like floor decals, ceiling decals, toothbrushes, stickers for on your bananas in your fridge, like, and each one, basically, they're, they're asking you, how committed are you to the PBR brand? And if you decide to turn your home into a you know, branded PBR experience, they'll pay you. And the, the scale of payment is like, you know, it was scale and silliness. So just how big did you go and just how in-depth did you go? Like, did you put the, the billboard in your fish tank or did you just <laughs> kind of put a sticker on the wall? You know, more commitment yields more payment. And I think it's pretty funny because like they're not forcing you to do anything. Like I laid out in the article, it's, it's, it, it's, it sounds a little dystopian to have sell the real estate in your home for, for the right. sake of a brand and some money. But again, no one's, and again, this sounds very capitalist, but no one's making them do it. Uh, you know, this is, could be dialogue from any number of Netflix shows right now. But um, I mean, yeah, if, this... you would, if you would ask me when I was 21 living in a very sparsely decorated college house if i would have done this i would have bought i would have had everything yeah if you're a, a pbr fan and they're they're offering to pay you money to, to put up some of their merchandise to why have, not right to have a shower curtain that i don't have to buy myself <laughs> to have curtains that i don't have to buy myself yeah you you bet i'm doing that and they basically acknowledge the how dystopian this feels like they put together mm-hmm. a video announcing it and it's seem feels like it's directly out of an 80s movie like i, mm-hmm. I it Looked like it would be right at home in RoboCop or something, but um, but he- here's what I want to do. I have in front of me a list of every single item they put out for this campaign. So I want to go down the list. I want you to give me a yes or no on whether you'd be cool with rocking that each item in your house. Okay. Um, and I'll give you my answers too. And feel free and this to. This is me to, now to as a functioning adult. This is you with, with right now. Uh, okay. Right now, yes. And and keep in mind, all of these items are branded pretty boldly with with PBR branding. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it, they broke this down by category of room on their website. So let's just, we'll go room by room here. So first up is bathroom. Ready? Mm-hmm. Toilet lid. Uh, you know, since I uh, really make a concerted effort to keep the toilet seat down, going to go no on this one because that's prominent, yeah, <laughs> that's prominent display. I'm a no there too. Uh, toilet paper. Sure. I'll do that. I'm going to go yes there too. Too, yeah. because especially because I can't find toilet paper again in stores, so it's, <laughs> it seems like this, this yeah, supply chain really. Yeah, sponsor that one. We'll, we'll take that uh, bath mat. Uh, sure. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go no there. Okay, that's, um, I'm on the fence about that one, but I'm gonna. Go. Yeah, that's that's tough. That, we'll, we'll say maybe. How about bath towel? Um, no, I'm gonna say no on that one. I'll go bath towel because I I own several branded towels, and at worst, I could use it for the beach or something. Oh, true. Okay. Um, a shower curtain. No. Big no there. Yeah. That's not gonna match the decor at all. No. Uh, t- toothbrush. You know, I'm sacrificing the really nice uh, electric toothbrush I have, but it, sure. <laughs> what do you have, a quip or whatever that is? I don't have the, a quip. Uh, no, I got some Oral-B thing. I, I have just dollar toothbrushes floating around the drawer, so I'm going to say I'll go yes on toothbrush. Yeah. Um, all right, that was the bathroom category. Let's move on to kitchen. Ready? Banana sticker. This oh, is 100%. Literally a sticker to put on your bananas. Yes, yeah, that's, a, that's a big yes. Um, fridge item sticker. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll go yes there too. I have no problem decking out the ketchup with some some extra mm-hmm. sticker. Uh, cutting board. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's okay. a yes. I can that stash one. that in a drawer when you're not using it. So it's not too ostentatious. Uh, oven door cling. This it's like a, a vinyl decal that covers the entire oven door. Uh, I'm not gonna do that one. Yeah, I got to say no there too. Uh, fridge magnet. Again, this is pretty I'll, big. Yeah, already, I think I think I would do that one. How big uh, based, I guess is a full size? Based the on, on the image they have up, it looked like it was at least like a quarter size of the fridge. Like it covers a pretty good amount of the panel. I think I'd still do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my fridge has nothing on it right now. So uh, I'll, see, go, I got all that. I'll go yes, though, just because I got no problem with magnets. Uh, and then last in the kitchen category, tablecloth. No. I'll go yes. Because I can break it out for parties and true, be a good discussion true. discussion piece. There you go. Uh, all right, bedroom. We got sleep mask. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, that's an easy one. Nightlight. Sure. Yeah, I'll go yes there too. Uh, ceiling decal. This is a I'm huge. Not do, look. Can't do the ceiling decal. You know, <laughs> we wake up with sleep paralysis and you're just yeah. staring at a PBR ad. It looks like it's the size of the full bed from the Yeah, I'm going to skip that one. Too. Yeah, that's a no. Uh, speaking of bed, bed sheets. No. Yeah, that's a no. Uh, pillow. No. Same. No, going no there. Duvet cover. No, can't do that either. <laughs> uh, I don't want to see a duvet cover ever again because the one that I own is the worst to, to put on and off. So no, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a no there. Uh, and then last one in bedroom is beer blinds. So this is just blinds just that you blinds. throw up on your yeah. Mm-hmm, I'm gonna go no. Yeah, that's that's also a no for me. I, I think I need, I the, need a break the theme, from PBR. <laughs> the theme I'm gathering from our answers here, and we've been in sync on most of these, I think, is that if it's something small that we can move mm-hmm. around and, and put away, it seems like a yes. But I, I don't, we don't want any permanent fixtures in our homes being covered in <laughs> yeah. PBR branding. Um, all right, last category: um, living room. So it's a TV ad. It's a sticker for the bottom of the TV. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, this was the biggest. My I have in my notes here in bold. Absolutely not. This absolutely like, not because I'm a psycho when it kind of like if something is covering the, like a little bit yes. of the TV screen, like if someone puts a plant in front of the TV and just like a leaf covers it, I'm like, no, 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 no. We have on our fireplace mantle like little things decor that sticks up a little bit, and it's mm-hmm. if it gets too close to the TV, it's just I I, I got to take it, it down. I can't. No, it, it can't happen. This was this was the the one that jumped out of all these. I was like, no, this is a terrible idea. Um, all right, floor decal. Just general space. Uh, can I cover it with a rug? Yeah, why not? 
then yeah. You could cover it with the PBR carpet rug, which is the next one. And I'm going to skip that one. That would kind of defeat the whole purpose. Yeah, those are no's. And then you got a, a wall decal. Skip that's, the wall decal. Yeah, it's a no. And then curtains, similar to the blinds, but yeah, specifically s- curtains. Skipping the, skipping the curtains. Yeah, that's that's also a no. A wall decal, uh, though, if I put a frame around it, could be, you know, that could count as like an actual decoration. That's true. That, so that we'll, give that, just, we'll give that one maybe. Uh, maybe that's, yeah, that's a, we'll, we'll push that down in the maybes column. Uh, and then last, I have a non-categorized category, which is outlet cover and fish tank billboard. I'm going to go big yes on the fish tank billboard. 100%. If I had a fish tank, that would 100% go in there. Yeah. Uh, outlet cover, probably not because I'd have to, if I have to install it and take the extra time out to swap out an outlet cover, then I'm definitely exactly. not doing that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I'm with you on both of those. <laughs> All right. So I think, I think we're pretty much in agreement on most of these. The, the, the agreement being that we would be willing to go maybe a quarter of the way way with pbr on this yeah. home branding journey but and i uh, want to i want to address if you had asked me this 10 years ago <laughs> i would i would have said give me all of it well here's a question would any of your answers change if the brand was different like instead of pbr it was i don't know cheese it like a brand <laughs> we, we have great uh, um, affinity for i don't think so um because i i do like pbr actually you know while we're while we're on the topic i do um that's true taste- you've You've told me before about how you actually enjoy their, uh, I, what is it, their coffee, the, coffee, beer. I don't it enjoy it. I enjoyed it for the first couple sips thinking this is an innovative product. And then I can't, I couldn't finish it. And I was stuck with a, you know, a case when I had to foist them off on friends who, oh, have you tried this yet? You well, got to try it. You enjoyed it briefly, which is enough for me. Extremely to- <laughs> briefly. But no, the, the, uh, the flagship product I'm, I'm good with. Um, I, I don't think I would change on any of these if it was like brand that I had yeah. a ton of love for. I think it's, again, comes down to the fact that if I could hide it when I didn't want it on display, then, you know, like a cutting board seems like a good one. Cause that's just, that's something useful. I can put it away. I can take it out. If I want to display it for a party or something, I can do that. But I, I definitely don't need like a giant decal over my bed, reminding me every morning when I wake up to drink PBR. Now, now here's a question though. It seems like you're pretty neutral in PBR as a brand. What if there's a, a brand that you really don't like? Like, you know, what if it was all Dallas Cowboys mm, branded stuff? Oh, if it's anything Dallas Cowboys, I don't know that there's an amount of money that you could pay yeah. me to put it. I mean, there's probably an amount. Let's not, let's be honest. Every here, man but. has a price, Sean. <laughs> That's a good question though. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, if we see anything else like this in the future and if it's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, <laughs> Halliburton branded <laughs> Blackwater branded. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. I, yeah, I like it. I think it's fun. Maybe a little invasive, but fun overall. Yeah. Cool to see. Cool to see a brand trying something different with branded merchandise and a new way to look at it. Um, but that is, we've devoted more than enough time to PBR brand merch today. So with that, let's get to our interview with Jake at Bamco and see what he had to say about the promotional products industry a uh, big uniforms announcement, a little print-on-demand action, some other really cool stuff in here. So check it out. Jake, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate you stopping by. Uh, you want to just give some introduction and background on yourself and on Bamco before we get rolling here? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Brendan and Sean, for having me. I uh, really appreciate it and excited to do this. So a little bit about myself and start with personal link and get into the business side. Um, so I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, a wonderful wife, Julie, and three young kids, all under nine years old. So it's 
about as chaotic as you'd expect in my house, but uh, it's fun Everybody, nonetheless. Until next time. Uh, yeah, I went to University Lawrence. of Southern California, so continue sort of my LA uh, roots, uh, and started at uh, Deloitte in 2004 uh, in the LA office. So really born and raised, kind of my roots are in Los Angeles. Uh, and at Deloitte, I started in the audit practice. So audits are looking at publicly traded companies, auditing their financial statements, uh, providing some feedback and guidance on the accuracy of them. Uh, after about six years, I moved out of uh, Deloitte, Los Angeles, moved into uh, Deloitte, New York, and took a role in mergers and acquisitions. So um, what I did there was I advised big private equity clients on their acquisitions and, and told them, you know, here's what's good, here's what's bad, here's what's otherwise about their acquisition targets. Uh, did that for a little over three years. And, and when my daughter was born in December of 2012, uh, my wife, I remember, looked at me, we were living in 437 square feet in, in New York City. And she's like, is this really what we want? Do you want to be here? Our whole family and all of our friends are in LA. You know, shouldn't we get back? And, you know, right around that time, uh, Phil Cousett, who was at the time the, the president of BAMCO, gave me a call and was like, hey, what do you think about uh, coming to BAMCO? And I knew Phil from, from college. He and I went to USC together. Uh, and I was like, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not really sure I want to leave Deloitte. And four months later, he convinced me and, and uh, came back to LA and started with BAMCO as the CFO in, in June of 2013. When I started as CFO, it really was kind of a steward of the financial books. It was cleaning up the books, making sure things were accurate. And, and over time, I grew that role and, and made the transition into a COO role. So not only the chief financial officer, but also chief operating officer. So overseeing uh, operations, programming, HR, IT, uh, and I really enjoyed it. And, and about a year ago, uh, Phil and I kind of confidentially started the, the transition uh, of, of me in the president role. And so we formally announced it in June uh, and, and really excited about that opportunity. And you know, Phil's taken on now a, a larger role at our parent company, at the Superior Group of Companies. He's now the chief strategy officer there, which is you know, really exciting for, for him and, and for us. Um, you know, shows kind of the growth of BAMCO and now have a, a seat at the table in the C-suite of a, a publicly traded company. So you've categorized yourself as kind of a bit of an industry outsider just with your background in Deloitte. How has that experience played into your promo career so far? And especially how does it translate to BAMCO now that you've taken over as president? Yeah, it's a good question. I actually get this a lot from people. I'm like, oh, you're not from the industry, right? And, and, and it's true. I spent 10 years of consulting. And so I, I saw a lot of different companies and different industries and sort of what makes them, them tick. And I think what that results in is I come at things from a, a strategic consulting angle rather than an angle of like, well, this is always how it's been done in the industry. And I, I know there's a lot of that. It's like, well, this is, you know, these are the unwritten rules of the industry and this is just how it's been done. And, and look, I spent 10 years looking at companies, analyzing them, understanding how they, how they work, what makes them successful, what's made them unsuccessful. And I sort of use that background to, to come at things from a bit of a, a consulting or strategy bent. And, you know, I also have a finance background. I'm, I'm, I'm still a, a CPA. I'm a certified public accountant, uh, still hold my license to this day. And, I think that allows me to analyze situations and challenges with a kind of a financial bent. Uh, I, I understand the number side of things really well. Um, you know, in fact, it's interesting. All of our senior management team is um, essentially industry outsiders. Um, you know, from 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 all of our C-suite down, it, it's you know pretty much a, a group of industry outsiders. You know, we've obviously grown into the industry and learned the industry over time, but it allows us to take you know, a fresh perspective on how to tackle challenges and, and generate new opportunities. So we've covered BAMCO a lot over the last year plus, uh, but one of the most interesting things that, that you guys did was the acquisition of Gifts by Design in February. 
And at the time we wrote that it was this, you know, kind of a look at the post pandemic future of promo, because it seemed like you identified recognition and corporate gifting as these really important growth area areas in the new era of hybrid work. Um, something that's since been sort of confirmed by the rise of all, you know, you got the gifting as a service startups that are getting all this, this press coverage and all this, you know, startup funding. Um, can you talk a little bit more about both that acquisition and the recognition market overall and what you're seeing there? Yeah, uh, Gifts by Design was um, was a great acquisition for us. Uh, so Jamie Stone, who's the president of Gifts by Design, we've been talking to Jamie for, gosh, three or four years uh, and finally uh, convinced her that the timing was right to, to join BAMCO. And so, uh, it, it, you know, this catapults us into the gifting and recognition space in, in a way that we didn't previously do. Now, we always said, oh, we do gifting, we do recognition program, but it, it was, you know, opportunistic. It was when it came about, we'd, we'd come up with ideas and send out gifts or recognition programs for clients, but but not the way Gifts by Design does. Uh, you know, the way we do it now is, is, is much different. It's much more specialized. Um, it, you know, you have to have that sort of expertise to really run and manage these programs. But look, this space is exploding, right? That, you mentioned it. it companies like Postal, Sendoso, Alice, Snappy, there's a ton of others. They're taking on a ton of money, hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital money. But it's a little different than our core competency. You know, these companies are more of a SaaS model, right? software as a service. The product is largely outsourced to companies like us, like Amazon or 100 Flowers, right? You go on a, um, you know, a Sendoso or you order uh, branded merchandise. It goes through a company like Damco to, to fulfill that. Uh, you know, you order a book on on Postal that's going through Amazon to, to fill the order. And so really their focus is, is the SaaS model and they haven't been as much into the actual sourcing uh, and distribution of the product. It, it's something we're keeping a close eye on. And we think that that what we do is really complementary to what these SaaS gifting companies are doing. But you know we're working on some additional capabilities in this area and the acquisition that gets by design is a huge step in that direction. And look, it's the way the world is going, right? I mean, people are working from home. They want gifting, they want, uh, they, want, they want things at their house. And, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Uh, yeah, people are going to go back to the office at some point. But I think that personalized, individualized gifting, whether it's for customers or employees or vendors, uh, it's the way of the future. It's here to stay. So aside from that recognition and gifting, what other markets or product categories are you seeing as growth opportunities? And what is BAMCO doing to put itself into positions to really go after those businesses? Yeah, you know, I think one interesting one is print on demand, right? Um, I, I know you guys have highlighted print on demand a lot in, in, uh, throughout your publications, but it, it's growing rapidly and something that we're already working on. You know, companies like Printful, Printify, Guten, uh, this is the future of the industry, uh, right? It, it's people saying, like, I don't want 200 of something sitting in inventory or 2,000 of something sitting in inventory. I want to buy five and I, and I want them shipped out in a couple of weeks. And it's okay if it costs a little bit more. I just don't want to be sitting on you know, millions of dollars of inventory that we might never use. And oh, by the way, if our logo changes or we want to do a special run, we can't do it. That print on demand section of, of, of our business is going to continue to, uh, to increase in, in volume. And, and we have integrations from our e-commerce platforms into these big print on demand companies. But it's not likely we're going to go buy a bunch of, of machinery and take on the expense and, and headache of, of, of building out what Printful has. Printful is now valued at over a billion dollars. But we can integrate into them and, and offer that to our clients in a way that's you know, differentiated and makes it easy for our clients to do. Um, I think that's a really, really big growth opportunity. You know, one of the other things that, that we're seeing um, that, that we're now making our way into is, is uniforms. So 
this, this actually hasn't been announced uh, before this, so I'll, I'll, I'll break it to you guys. So, oh, we got breaking news here on the show. You guys get, get the breaking news. Um, you, you, you know, obviously, that we're part of the superior group of companies. Um, and, and superior group of companies, for those that don't know that are listening in, um, it's a company of brand builders, right? So, you know, we're the face of our customers through, through the branded uniform division of SGC. We're the voice of our customers' brand through the call center division, the office gurus. And we help promote our customers' brands through BAMCO, which is the branded merchandise division. So HPI, that uniform division, um, we're now combining the sales and marketing divisions of BAMCO and HPI into one. So when you say when you say uniforms, don't think like a t-shirt with a logo on it that you know goes to you know a local pizza shop. Think technical uniform, right? Take a, a large airline and think flight attendants and the wear testing. Uh, the fabric testing that has to go into something like that, getting fitted individually, flight attendants across airports all over the country. No, those aren't the typical uniforms most think of in the industry. Um, these are really highly technical uniforms. So Bamco and HPI, they're now, we're now combining the sales and marketing um, sales force. So where previously a Bamco sales rep would sell branded merchandise and then refer over a branded uniform opportunity to HPI, they can now sell both. And that's really, really differentiating in, in our industry. I know a lot of companies in our space say they can do corporate uniforms, but there are very few that can do the kind of technical, large corporate uniform programs that, that we can do. It's a big differentiator. It, it really sets apart from the rest. And you know, the majority of the 22 plus thousand distributors in, in our space, they're doing what they call uniforms. But again, their t-shirts, their hats, their polos, they're not the type of technical uniforms that we're now able to do and able to offer to our clients. And the interesting thing, guys, is that like you look at it and most of the time it's the same buyer at our clients, right? It's it's the same people that are buying branded merchandise, that are buying branded uniforms. Now we can combine those um, and, and sell to the same people and it's going to expand our footprint and make us a lot stickier than those uh, clients. We're, we're really excited about this. We're just starting this out. It's just been a couple of months we've been doing it. We've seen huge, huge benefits already with our clients who are super excited about the, the prospect of, you know, being able to sell, you know, have those two offerings, brand and merchandise and brand uniforms together uh, and not have to go to different partners or different departments or different companies on, on those two initiatives. Which that helps a, a ton, especially right now with the state of the supply chain and, you know, limiting the amount of touches that customers need to, to you know, that need to go into each customer's order. Now they can come to one place for, for both of those needs. And like you said, they're not that much different. The customers who are looking for uniforms are often looking for brand and merchandise to go with it and vice versa. Um, and Brendan and I have, have covered the, uh, the uniform side, especially for the, you know, airline customers, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and we've seen the, the technical expertise that's required mm-hmm. to, to you know, put together programs like that. So that, that's fantastic that you guys are able to, to you know, combine those and, and turn it into you know, one easy access point for customers. Yeah, I mean, look, it's highly publicized some of the issues that have happened in, in specifically, specifically the uniform space. But look, our expertise goes well beyond that. It's, you know, it, it's, it's QSR, it's uh, you know, healthcare, it, it runs the gamut. But in the airline specifically, particularly, it's been highly publicized, some of the issues, right? Rashes on, on people, people breaking out in hives. And thank, thank goodness that, you know, that hasn't been us. But this isn't just a, a thing that you, you know, buy off the internet or, or go to a, you know, a, a a sourcing agent and, and hope that it comes out right. It, it's not possible, but uh, you know, you mentioned that the search synergies there, we're using a lot of the same factories for brand and merchandise and branding uniforms. So it, it's kind of a natural progression for us to be combining those two where we could say like, look, it's the same factory. It's the same uh, locations where we're making 
the garments in, right? We're doing promotional yeah. apparel in the same factory in a lot of cases that we're doing the, um, you know, the, the highly technical uh, uniform garments. So it, it's just a natural extension of our business. Yeah. And it, it goes back to that, you know, one-stop shop model that the industry is moving forward toward and that some of the best distributors in the industry are really embracing and kind of, again, limiting the amount of touches that, that, uh, you know, go into each order and making things easy as possible for customers. Um, back to the, the supply chain. I mean, you know, rightfully, I think that's where so much of the focus for the industry is right now. And obviously the state of the supply chain can be charitably described as a complete disaster, I think. Um, you know, what are you guys seeing there? Is it improving, getting worse, staying the same? I mean, it seems like there's a new issue every day. So, you know, what are you, what is BAMCO really focusing on here and, and how are you handling some of these challenges? Yeah, I think you probably put it lightly. Um, I, I think someone referred to it as a dumpster fire. Um, yeah, I, I could I could have used some expletives in there. But I, you know, we try to keep it PG on this show. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look, it, it's certainly not getting any better. Um, there's not a day that any that goes by that we're not all opening up the New York Times or Wall Street Journal and reading about the articles. Um, internally, we expect it to get worse through Chinese New Year. Right? Factories are going to be pushing out product in advance of the holiday. Um, a lack of drivers leads to slower slower unloading at ports. Leads to fewer available shipping containers. Leads to higher shipping prices. It really is a snowball effect. And so we, we do expect it to continue to, to get worse. The truth is the traditional promotional products distributor who's placing an order with a broker and hoping that the product arrives is going to be sorely disappointed. Um, if your stuff's not already on the, on the boat um, for, for holidays, it's not going to be here in time. It's just not. Um, what we've done internally is, is really made a concerted effort to diversify our supply chain. Uh, so we've moved into Vietnam, Bangladesh, India, El Salvador, Haiti, Mexico, we have boots on the ground across all of these countries in factory, making sure that things are getting made right, um, th- making sure they're getting done on time, and making sure they're getting loaded on the ships. And so having those boots on the ground, it, I couldn't imagine doing what we're doing without that. Um, you know, we'll place orders wherever we're the most confident that it'll get done and get delivered timely. So we're, we're kind of agnostic. If it's China, then great, it's China. If it's Vietnam, great. If it's near shore in Mexico or El Salvador or Haiti, great, we'll do it there. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be one of the 20,000 plus distributors that don't have their own supply chain globally right now. I think that's something that's worked okay in the past, uh, but right now it, it's, it's a complete mess. And, and having those boots on the ground is a real benefit to us. And we're, we're really fortunate in that regard. And that's where, you know, being part of the superior group of companies really helps. Um, you know, a lot of those facilities are ones that we've historically used for, we talked about before, branded uniforms. We can now tap into that and, and, and use that for, for branded merchandise. So, no, we're, we're, we're optimistic of where we sit, certainly, but uh, look, the supply chains, it's only getting worse. And, you know, the hope is that, that something eases up after Chinese New Year, right? A little bit less in production means that the, the backlog at the ports can reduce a little bit, but it's going to be an influx after that, after CNY of, you know, all the containers coming in. So, you know, look, I'm no expert in this, but, but what we're hearing is that by next summer, um, expected to unwind a little bit and ease a little bit, but other people are saying by the end of 2022. So I, I think these woes are, are here to stay. So Bamco has been pretty good at staying ahead of the curve for a lot of things in promo. For example, you guys were pretty early on getting PPE at the start of the pandemic or, you know, really embracing technology solutions. You know, like we were just talking about, obviously supply chain is the big thing right now and, you know, conservatively into 2022, if not longer. But what are you paying attention to for the industry over the long term, let's say five years out? Yeah, I, I, I know it might sound cliche, but 
but the obvious one is is, is technology, uh, right? The industry is changing. Um, you guys see it every day. I, I see it all the time. You know, the traditional distributor, um, a low technology, selling domestic supplier, off-the-shelf off stock. Um, I, I firmly believe that those distributors just won't be around in five years. If you don't have a differentiator, you're, you're not going to be here. Um, whether that differentiator is tech, or sourcing, or distribution, or more appropriately, all of those. You know, I, I think people... Uh, you know, are in for a surprise when they, they learn the traditional industry stalwarts are, are struggling now more than ever. Um, yeah, we believe this is only going to continue. The old way of doing things is, is a good way to ensure that you're going to be extinct soon, right? Continue to rely on the way you've done things in the past is a good way to ensure that you won't be here in the future. And so we're investing millions, I mean, probably tens of millions in technology, um, warehouse automation, robotics, artificial intelligence. You, know, you guys have reported on this in the past. We did a we're in the tail end of a $15 million uh, upgrade to our, our warehouse to add robotics into our, our flagship warehouse in Arkansas. And we're fortunate. I said this before, we're backed by a huge public company. We can make the investments that others simply can't. And so you know, what does the industry look like over the next five years? I think it's a lot more technology forward. Um, I think there's a lot more people that have sourcing uh, on the ground all over the world and, and distribution capabilities to send out you know, thousands and thousands of packages a day. You know, it, it sounds like a crazy number. And even when I say it, it's hard to imagine. We send out, we send out tens of thousands of shipments every day from our facilities. I know that number sounds wild, and, but it, it's become that. And it wasn't that pre-COVID. I mean, a lot of this is at-home deliveries. And we're now sending tens of thousands of packages a day from our, you know, over a million square foot of distribution facilities in the U.S. And, you know, if you're not going that direction as a company, you're, you're probably not going to be around in five years. And I, I think the pandemic has really accelerated that to, you know, and, and magnified it to a, an extreme extent and to, you know, really kind of put the onus on companies to, to do it now or never. Um, Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to add that we haven't covered today? I know we're, we're running up on time here. I don't want to keep you from your day. <laughs> no, well, look, guys, I, I really appreciate you having me, having me on the, on the call here. Um, uh, it, it's a really exciting time to be at BAMCO. Um, I, I'm flattered to have the privilege of being in this role. Um, Certainly, if you asked me eight years ago, would I be the president of BAMCO? That seems so uh, far away and no, no way I could ever do that. But uh, I, I'm fortunate to work with some really talented people every day. You know, we preach culture within the walls of BAMCO, and, and we like to think we have one of the best cultures um, across the industry. And we've been uh, awarded uh, by industry publications, been awarded by the LA Business Journal, and we place a really intense focus on our culture. And, and that's more important now than ever, right? People aren't in offices, they're at home. How do you make them feel welcome, feel part of uh, the company? And, and we do a really, make a really concerted effort to do that. And so I, I'm really fortunate. I work with really, really good people and they're, they're the people that are allowing me to, to do what I do so well every day. So um, I'm looking forward to you know, the rest of this year into 2022. I know it's gonna be a tough year for the industry with the logistics and the supply chain issues. Uh, but we're looking forward to it. We think it's going to be a great year for, for BAMCO and, and looking forward to what we can accomplish in the future. Awesome. Jake, thanks so much again for, for joining us. We really appreciate all the, uh, the insight and, and uh, transparency and honest feedback on what, what you're seeing from your spot at BAMCO. And uh, best of luck to you guys going into 2022. Wish you continued success as we, uh, we all kind of navigate this insanity together. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate it. And that just about does it for this episode. 
if you like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Uh, be sure to subscribe on our website, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. And if you need such comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Thanks again, everybody. Until next time, for Brandon Menevis, I am Sean Norris. This is the Promo Marketing Podcast. <laughs>